Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from our guest speaker. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Good to be with you this morning in our pastor's absence. I love birthday parties. And yesterday we celebrated the birthday of one of our granddaughters. She turned seven years old. It was a uh, safari-themed birthday party. She had everything planned to the most, to the smallest detail. Now, some people might say she is a bossy little girl, but I like to say this is a young female that has tremendous leadership skills, and one day she's going to impact the the world around her. She started out with a. Um, she wanted a, uh, a safari uh, journey uh, caravan. I would have called it a hayride, hooked up the tractor to a trailer, had hay in it, but they found anaconda. It looked like a, a log to me. They, they saw um, a gorilla, and the gorilla was actually one of the daddies, and, but uh, they called him a gorilla because he had a black T-shirt on and had a blast, then came back and fished for barracuda, they looked like brim, uh, but I promise you they were barracuda and went for a boat ride. Anyway, it was a wonderful time. We celebrated it. But this morning, it was even a, a more special anniversary, and, and I love to keep the spiritual birth dates of my friends and family. And so this morning, I texted Alan Hoffler down in Florida 39 years ago today. I was down at a church just out of college, and I invited one of the, the guys in the youth ministry. I was the youth minister, so I invited him to go with me. I spoke at this, uh, this meeting, and on the drive home, he said, while you were speaking, I realized I had never, he was, he was a cultural Christian, but he hadn't become a biblical Christian. He had never crossed over into a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm like, I can't believe it. He was one of the best kids I'd ever met. I said, would you like to do that right now? He said, I would. And so there in the car, he invited Christ to come into his heart. I texted him, happy spiritual birthday. And he texted back and he said, my life is so different. And my family is different. You know, Christ didn't just save a soul. He saved a life. And he was able to pour that life into his children. So one day maybe he got to see his children's children having safari physical birthdays. I don't know. So anyway, this morning, here's the theme. This comes after last week when pastor said the whole thrust of what he said was, who is your one? And this is in light of October 31st. October 31st, we're having a big outreach here at Gateway, inviting in a dynamic speaker, Clayton King, and God has anointed him. God uses him. And when he speaks, God often lets many people come to Christ through his message. So pastor said, who is your one? Who are we inviting on October 31st to come? This morning, I want to pick up with that idea and say, listen, you never know what God might do when you step up and speak up with friends and family 
about the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to read a fairly extensive passage of Scripture. It's from John chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can be turning there. If you have your phone, you can be scrolling there. And we're going to look at John chapter 1, verses 35. I'll probably, through 49, but I'll probably skip a couple verses, 47, 48, right in there. But John chapter 1, verse 35 to verse 49. And the reason I've chosen this passage is this. There are a lot of spiritual birthdays in this passage. We're going to find John, who wrote the Gospel of John, he has a spiritual birthday. Andrew has a spiritual birthday. Peter has a spiritual birthday. Philip has a spiritual birthday. And Nathaniel has a spiritual birthday. All in a matter of about a dozen verses. Now, John chapter 1 is a series of four days. In verse 19, it's the first day. And, and here the, the Pharisees have this confrontation with John the Baptist. Not the John the Apostle who wrote the gospel, but John the Baptist. Then verse 29 is the second day. You can look there in your, in your passage. It says the next day. And in verse 29, Jesus is coming to where John the Baptist is. Jesus is returning from his 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. And as he comes on the scene, John the Baptist says, behold, behold, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now we get to verse 35. This is day number three. Verse 35, day number three. Again, the next day. So this is the third day. John, this is John the Baptist, not John who wrote the gospel of John. Again, John was standing with two of his disciples. Now, who are these disciples? Just a few verses later, we're going to read Andrew was one of those two disciples. The other disciples never named. We believe he's the apostle John who wrote this gospel because he's writing as the eyewitness. All right, so the next day, John was standing there with two of his disciples, and John the Baptist looked at Jesus as he walked, and he said, basically verbatim what he said the day before, behold, the Lamb of God. Verse 37, the two disciples heard John the Baptist speak, and they followed Jesus. And it makes me kind of think they were kind of like, sneaking up behind him. I mean, it's just because Jesus turned and saw them following. How, I don't know how long they were following. It is, it's not very clear here. Saw them following and said to them, what do you seek? And they said to Jesus, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come, come, you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour, approximately 10 o'clock in the morning. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first, he, Andrew, found first his own brother. Now, I want to stop right there and say this. And Justin, if you'll put this up on the screen for us. As we go through this passage, I want you to look for three common aspects that kind of surround spiritual birthdays. 
three common aspects. Here are the three common aspects. Number one, there's going to be, there tends to be, often there is a, a personal relationship. Second, always there's going to be a powerful story. That's the story of Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, there's going to be a per, persuasive, a winsome, not manipulative, not coercive, but a, a very winsome, a very persuasive invitation. Now watch for these three common aspects. He found first his own brother. What's the personal relationship there? It's a family relationship. He finds his brother and said to him, here's the powerful story. We have found the Messiah. We found him. We've been looking for him. As a matter of fact, the Hebrews have been looking for him for generation after generation after generation. And we have found him. We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. We would use the word Christ. The Hebrews, would, the Jews would use the word Messiah. Verse 42. And here's the persuasive invitation. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at Peter and said, so you're going to see three names here. Peter, Simon, Cephas. It's, it's Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. You are Simon, the son of John. You should be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Verse 43, here's the fourth day. The next day, Jesus purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. So Philip's going to have his spiritual birthday. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Philip, um, Andrew and Peter. Verse 45, Philip, now let's look for the three common aspects. Philip found Nathanael. Now, this is not a, this personal relationship is not a family relationship. It's a friendship. He finds his friend, Nathanael. And he said to him, Nathanael, we found him. Now, here's the powerful story. I, I love the way he says this. We found him of whom Moses in the law, that, that word law, it's capitalized, and it, it refers to the, the, the books of, the first five books of Scripture, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the books of the law, the law of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So the, Moses wrote about him in the law and also whom the prophets wrote, Isaiah to Malachi. Well, who do they write about? Jesus, the guy we found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Nathaniel said, can anything good kind of come out of Nazareth? And here's the invitation Philip said to him. Well, come. Just come. Come and check him out. Verse 49, after he meets Jesus, verse 49, Nathaniel answered Jesus. He said, Rabbi, teacher, you, you, you are the son of God. Now, to illustrate these, as we look to October 31st, and as we begin to imagine just imagine what God might do. If we go to our personal relationships, family members and friends, and 
And, and we tell a short but powerful story. We have found the Christ, the Son of God, and do a persuasive, winsome invitation. Why don't you come and see? Come to church with me, October 31st. Anyway, to, to illustrate these three common aspects that, that you often find, you always find the, the powerful story. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's always a story of Jesus, but often a personal relationship and often an invitation. To illustrate these three aspects, I've invited three friends. Would you welcome my three friends right now, please? Come up, gentlemen, please. This is Brian. First is Brian Boyer. Brian is the president of Boyer Construction Company uh, here in Columbia. Boyd Blanchard. Boyd is vice president of Blanchard Machinery. He's fourth generation um, there at Blanchard. They're the ones that own all the Caterpillar franchisees in South Carolina. If you've um, Caterpillar, the bulldozers. By the way, I want one later today. And uh, that would be so much fun to drive in my neighborhood. And, and Frank Kaysen, Frank's the president of Kaysen Development Company. Gentlemen, have a seat, please. So, uh, Brian Boyer, I want to begin with you. Um, you've not always been a follower of Christ. And um, I think it's about seven and a half years ago that you crossed over into a real relationship with the Lord. Would you share your story, please, and then would you listen, just listen for the relationships, for the powerful story, and then for different invitations along the way as he crossed over and began to follow Jesus. Brian? Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you all for having us this morning. Uh, so I grew up here in Columbia, uh, went to Drew High School, and uh, the largest the most prominent biblical influence on me was was my best friend's family. And so I'd go to church occasionally with them, but our, our household was very much kind of cultural Christianity. We might say a blessing at, at a meal, but that was probably the extent of it. No, no real eternal uh, conversations. I was fortunate enough to go to, uh, to West Point. So I went off to the United States Military Academy and uh, did well there and graduated. And after graduation, I went through the standard officer uh, training, then went to Ranger School, Airborne School, and, and found my way to Fort Bragg. And I was always a little bit of an overachiever, so I, I wanted to try out for the 75th Ranger Regiment. And I, I showed up there in uh, April of 2001. <clears throat> Y'all know the rest of the story, so 9-11 happens, and uh, I find myself uh, spending my 25th and 26th years of life uh, fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I loved it. I, uh, I thought that was what I was born to do. I was, I was very good at it. And, uh, but I thought I knew everything. I thought the, the fighting was over. Uh, the way the Army works is you can, as an officer, you can only stay there for a short period. And they extended us because of uh, the invasion. Um, long story short, I ultimately decided to get out of the Army. I figured, you know, that was what I would. I was, I was born to do, and um, there wasn't going to be anything else exciting to do. So I, I came back to Columbia and uh, kind of bounced around different different careers, and finally uh, I got married along the way. Uh, 
my lovely wife's right here in the front row with our children. And what I didn't realize at the time was the, the scars and, uh, that I'd kind of formed on my heart along the way. Some of them from things we did and saw overseas, some of them self-inflicted of how I dealt with isolation from the, the folks that I had felt closest to and I felt most comfortable with. I had obviously stepped out of that environment and it was very lonely and I, I struggled with happiness. Um, I couldn't find happiness in my professional life, my personal life. And I really got into a very dark place and uh, by the grace of God, my sister um, suggested that uh, my wife and I go to a couples course that she had just gone through. There's a guy named Cubby Colbertson in Columbia who uh, has led these couple courses for years. And so Joan and I went to it and, and I, for the first time in my life, I recognized that somebody had something that I didn't have. And, and Cubby, he had a peace and a, a level of happiness that I'd never been around before. And it was all because he had a personal relationship with the Lord. And Cubby uh, took an interest in me and invited me to, uh, to, he wanted me to meet his friend, Bill Jones. And so on Shady Lane, Cubby lives on Shady Lane. And so I went to lunch, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, met Bill, we had Groucho's sandwich and Bill uh, shared with me a personal story, invited me to have a personal relationship with the Lord. So we got down on our knees and three of us uh, prayed the sinner's prayer and I accepted uh, Jesus into my life that day. And uh, that's the spiritual birthday that, that Bill alluded to. And so the next thing that happened is Cubby within a month or two had a Bible study that he wanted to do with, with 10 men. Um, and he called it the 10 righteous men. And I, I knew at that point I was not, I was far from righteous. But uh, an amazing thing happened as I sat next to Frank Kaysen over here on the far left. And Frank and I, it was the start of a very close friendship and he's, he's, he's one of my best friends to this day. And he and his brother were, were two of the others in there and they fundamentally changed my life. Um, you know, Jeremy in the nine o'clock service talked about iron, sharpening iron. And at that point in my life, I was a very dull, blunt piece of iron, but... Uh, Frank and his brother William were much further along in their walk, and they, they had some of the most profound impact on me. And uh, during that, as I came to know the Lord, I went through kind of a formal surrender process where all those scars, all the chains and bounds that I had on my heart, I released them all. And I, I fundamentally changed who I was, who my, how my heart felt, and um, I'm a completely different person today. Uh, than I was for those first 37 years. Um, thank you. And uh, uh, you know, yes. That, let's let's thank the Lord. So so as I grew in my walk, uh, a little over two and a half years ago, Bill does a a very intensive two year long Bible study, and uh, he invited me to participate. And for the first time in my life, I understood the puzzle of the Bible. It made sense to me. It clicked. And uh, I can't tell you how enlightening and uplifting, and it was kind of the full circle of, of my being saved. Um, you know, when I, when I met Covey, met Bill, I, for the first time I, I could see the kingdom of God. I realized how blind I'd been. I knew I was a wretch. You know, I, I knew that, but it opened my eyes to see the kingdom of God. 
And so the culmination of that two-year study this past spring, uh, Frank and his brother William, they have a thing called Back Porch Gospel. And uh, the tagline is, it's a, it's a comfortable setting to have uncomfortable conversations about God. And the format is, you know, they invite anybody, we invite everybody, um, all are welcome. And two pastors kind of lead it. There's a formal part for people, it's Q&A, just any topic that's on your heart, you ask, and it's very, uh, the two pastors do a great job of giving biblical answers to those questions. Well, the second part of our, our back porch sessions is somebody gives their testimony. So William, Frank's brother William is not as organized as Frank, and so he calls me the morning of and said, oh, Brian, will you give your testimony? And, you know, after seven years of being saved, that's the first time somebody had asked me to do that. And so obviously I felt nervous, but I prayed about it. I said, Lord, please use my message, you know, to strengthen the, your kingdom. You know, and I think it was that simple of a prayer. And so I, I stand up and I give my testimony, which I thought was very unique to me, very rooted in uh, my military service. And, you know, most of my friends in Columbia, in fact, I can probably count on one hand the amount of friends that I had that had similar life experiences to me. So I thought it was extremely unique. What I realized is the message that I shared, there's brokenness in everybody. And so um, the the outcome of me sharing my testimony was incredible. And uh, Dr. Jones knows a lot of the stories, and I'll let, uh, I'll let him transition to Boyd now. May I ask you a question? You trust me, okay? Yes, and, and you're feel free to say pass. Um, you got emotional there when you talked about military service was it the scars and the memories of that? Was it the gratefulness that God has healed those? What was that? Can you? Bill, I think it's the emotion of realizing how, how close I was to kind of losing it all and realizing it was self-inflicted, that there was nothing inside of me that was going to solve that pain. It was only by the grace of God and his love and realizing that he had sacrificed his only son to save someone like me who I felt, I felt like I was so far gone. I think that's why I get emotional. And it's amazing how many people are around us and we don't realize it that are going through the exact same thing. Would you agree? Yes, sir. Like in between services? Yeah. So we, we spoke earlier at the nine o'clock service and we kind of mixed and mingled and I, I finally went over there to get another cup of coffee and there was a young man in the back <clears throat> We made eye contact and I could tell he was waiting to talk to me and he was in the eight, eight years in the Marine Corps. And as he started talking to me, he started crying. And he said, Brian, I thought I was the only one that carried what you described. And he said he thought about not coming to church today, but something nudged him. And I just pray that him hearing my message may help the wounds that he's dealing with. And Jesus can heal those, can't he? Absolutely. Well, one of, the, one of the young men that were at the back porch gathering, um, they say they have two pastors there that they've never invited me to come share there. Um, I'm thinking about it. 
but Jesus can heal my wounds too. So um, there was a young man there, Boyd Blanchard. Boyd, um, it was great having your wife and little girl here with us early this morning. They are, both are precious. Um, how did you end up at that meeting? Tell us your story. Thanks, Bill. Um, you know, it's in, in to the theme of story. You know, I, I ended up there because of an invitation from Frank and uh, welcomed, first person that welcomed me when I walked in the door was, was Brian and, uh, and with, with loving arms and uh, made me feel comfortable from the get-go. And then, and then obviously the story that uh, he just shared with you guys made a big impact on me. And, uh, and this is the second time I will have shared my testimony. Um, and, um, you know, for me, as I, as I reflected to, to think about my life and, and, and who I was, and, and, and it really starts with my childhood. And, uh, and, and on the one hand, I was born beyond blessed. Um, and on the other hand, I experienced real childhood trauma um, and really struggled to accept that and the pain that I had. Um, you know, really the pivotal moment in my life uh, that started was, you know, my, my father had a brain tumor and uh, my mom had an affair on my dad and left him and took us uh, to Charleston, me and my kids, and, or me and my brother and my sister. And, uh, and really from there, um, you know, substance abuse, went through a bankruptcy in the 2008 and ultimately another, uh, another divorce uh, that my mom had um, and kind of all accumulated with a failed intervention that I, I tried to have with my mom as I, I saw that, you know, we had a real issue here and I was about to go to college and um, yeah, I could no longer be the man in the house. Um, and uh, when that failed, I, I really made a decision that I just shut that chapter in my life. And uh, with that, I shut any exposure I had to my faith, to Jesus, to, to Christianity as a whole. Uh, similar to Brian, you know, my family had, we had, we had cultural uh, faith in our, in our childhood, but God was not in our house. Um, and, and, and really, knowing the struggle I'd had, the pain I'd had, um, and trying to go it alone, uh, it really wasn't until I met my wife, who, as Bill said, was here this morning, uh, that I saw faith. And I saw what unconditional love was. And I saw what faith can do when God is in a family and in a household and is the foundation. And I had never experienced that. Um, and, so, uh, and so I knew, though, like most husbands do with wives, you're going to fall in line and, and, and at least open, open your mind. And that's what I did, open my mind and my heart. And we actually had the opportunity uh, to do the uh, couple's Bible study uh, with Cubby Culbertson and... Uh, Really, the first time I felt my heart pulled to the Lord was, was we had just finalized. And this was the first time I'd really intentionally, as an adult, read the Bible, talked about it, thought about it. And all because somebody invited me in. Okay. Invited me in. Um, and, uh, and, and vividly remember, I just dropped her off. Uh, we didn't have a kid at this point. Uh, I was going to pick up dinner for us, and this song came on. It was a song that... I, I'd heard a hundred times and, and the theme was coming home and just all of a sudden, uh, you know, I'm driving in my car and just this, just this, these emotions, it's euphoria, it's tears, it's everything that I'd ever, just this, just intense feeling that I had. And at that moment I was like, I'm open. And, and, you know, looking back, I, I probably thought that was the moment I, I had accepted God. Um, but I think that was the moment I accepted, 
I opened my heart to let him work. Um, and then this has been two years later, uh, really made a connection through a mutual friend with Frank. Um, now I do a Bible study with Frank every Wednesday morning. Um, and uh, Frank really leaned in on me and uh, made the introduction with, with me and Dr. Jones. Uh, and then on and this eight, is after you heard? And this is after I heard uh, Brian's story. Okay. All right, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And, uh, and so we go to lunch. And with all things I've, I kind of had had from that moment, I was open. I was open for the invitation. I really opened my heart for the invitation. Um, and uh, after a, about an hour of lunch, we find I find myself, uh, you know, in, in really working through. Um, and Frank will touch touch on a little bit, but working through some of the key asterisks of my life. Um, you know, realizing, you know, Dr. Jones asked specifically, "Do you think you've crossed over?" And I said, "I don't think I have." Um, and he actually said, well, we can do it right here, or we can go sit in your car if you like more privacy. I said, well, you know, I know about five people at this restaurant. Let's go sit in my car. Um, no, but, you know, and there we were, May 27th of this year, uh, praying for my salvation. And, uh, and really, my life is ever since I've opened my heart and, and gone on this journey and, and, and let people make an impact and pull me in, uh, my life has absolutely changed. Did you catch that? May 27th of this year. So uh, June, July, August, September, four and a half months old in the Lord. So, and, and, and you've changed? How can somebody change in four and a half months? You know, um, I think when you go through some pains in life or life experiences, uh, it can harden your heart or it can make you feel like you've got to go alone. And I think for me, even when I was introduced through my wife, I still didn't feel worthy. I, it's hard, to be honest, it's hard to feel worthy standing in front of you sharing my story. Um, but knowing that I didn't have to fix myself before coming to God was, was really the biggest thing. And now I've kind of been, I've been able to love myself more, embrace my imperfections and embrace what I've been through. Is, it is who I, it's because of what I've been through that I am who I am. Um, so, yeah. This morning, I was in the lobby and waiting on my friends to arrive. And they got here about the same time. They walked across the parking lot. And I heard uh, one of our greeters say, well, here comes some visitors. They're all wearing jackets. And uh, so <clears throat> if you look at, you just heard Brian's story. You've heard Boyd's story. Just looking at the outward appearance they don't have any problems, right? But, but they just bared their souls in saying before they met Christ, they were broken, they were damaged, they were hurting. And so my, my question is, how many of our family members and our friends, they may look on the outside, things are together but they're broken and damaged on the inside. They're hurting hurts that only Jesus can heal. Frank, your name's, talk about a personal relationship. Um, Brian just said, closest of friends. Boyd said, my friend Frank, um, tell us your story. How did you get to a place where you're, just having an impact on people. Does this come naturally to you? 
Well, I'm not close as a friend as a boy yet, but I've been trying super hard. <laughs> uh, no, it does not come naturally at all. And uh, as the boy was talking, I totally agree that uh, I feel unworthy to be on the stage. Uh, mine are, uh, uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said that uh, I'm a beggar leading beggars. Um, but uh, as the Lord would have it, last year was my, uh, last night was my 20-year high school anniversary. And um, this morning as I was thinking about that and, praying about this time, I just am amazed that the Lord uh, chose to put me here, because uh, 20 years ago, if you had seen that, uh, that person, you would not think that there was any chance that he, 20 years later he'd be sharing Christ, um, much less uh, next to these awesome men right here. Um, uh, the reality is, uh, the three of us are here uh, because of the work of Dr. Jones, in our lives, in the work of the Lord through him. Um, not just because he invited us here, but he has invested um, in each of us, but especially me for 17 plus years, um, which is when I met him. Um, I did grow up in a Christian family. My parents were great parents, and they, they loved the Lord, and um, took us to church, and all the trappings of Christianity were, uh, were around us, uh, but I was not saved until I was 20 when I was in college. Um, and uh, through that, uh, I became to Christ, really through and with my wife, who's right here. Um, uh, and we've, we've introduced, uh, uh, Joan, Kristen, would you two stand up so we can, I'm, I'm sorry, just, and, and all the kids stand up, especially Sims there, so let's welcome them please. Um, thank you. That's the amazing, most amazing piece of our, of our lives right there. Uh, the Lord's used them in many ways. Um, but uh, about that same time, when I was probably 21 or 2, uh, met Dr. Jones. And they had a ministry at the time they called the Roundtable. And uh, the, the goal or the focus uh, at the time, I believe, was to bring cultural Christians to Christ. Uh, cultural Christians to biblical Christianity. Uh, and so I, I got involved with that and went to a number of them. They had, they had some specific rules, like if you, went one, if you came, you could not come back again unless you invited somebody. And so the nature of that rule um, led me to have to bring people because I really wanted to come back. And so I probably came 15 or 20 times, which meant I had to bring new people each time. Um, and uh, it, was just, it was a roundtable discussion, an opportunity to uh, ask whatever questions you, you want. Um, and uh, they would always lead it back to the gospel and lead it back to Christ. Um, so uh, through that, we, 15 years later, um, my brother and I and a cousin of ours, we, we had the desire to do the same thing. Um, we had a somewhat miserable failure at trying to do the exact same thing. Um, and I think one thing to note is I'm not an evangelist. Um, I cannot do what Dr. Jones does, and I, I don't want to try because... It would look really bad, um, but I know that I can share uh, my story, and I know that I can bring people and use the platform that God's given to, to me and to us to, uh, to bring people to hear others' stories, and um, I mean, as you heard here, like, <laughs> no secret that we, we shared this morning, too, and I heard these stories this morning, and I still get teary-eyed uh, and choked up in hearing their stories. Uh, not an hour later. So they're powerful, and it's because of what God's done. Um, 
in John 1, which we talked about this morning already, Andrew just went and said, Peter, come see. Just, just come see. Um, this is Jesus. And then the same with Philip and Nathaniel. Um, so we started this thing that we call the Back Porch uh, Gospel Conversation. And uh, actually, I was just reminded as Brian was talking, we, we started out with just questions. And we had these two pastors who would answer the questions. And um, it, soon in, we realized we needed to add a piece. And the piece that we added was personal testimonies. And um, we've brought in a, a number of folks. Um, and I don't say this because he's just standing here. Um, no question the amount of people have come back to us uh, after Brian Boyer's testimony. Uh, it's beyond any, any other that has been shared. Um, and um, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm one little piece of that. Uh, and there were tons of pieces of it. Um, but you can't underestimate the power of a story of Christ uh, working in somebody's life. Um, uh, on the way out here, I was listening to... Um, a John Piper sermon, and uh, he was speaking on John 9. And we've all heard the story, I'm sure, but uh, when uh, Jesus uh, heals the blind man, and the blind man says, uh, the Pharisees are just giving the hardest time, and it's uh, about Jesus. And then he says, whether or not this man is a sinner, I do not know. But this I know, well, I once was blind, and now I see. And that's all he has to share. Um, we don't have to be deep theologians to share the work of Christ. We don't have to, to be Bill Jones uh, to be able to share what Christ has done. And so that's, that's the efforts of the Back Porch Gospel uh, Conversations. And uh, I'm just thankful to, to stand uh, next to these men as they share their stories uh, because the work of Christ is powerful in them. And I just pray that we would each uh, try to show people um, and tell people the stories about how we might see and how they might too. Frank, I'm so proud of you and how God's using you in our city. I really am. You never, ever know what God might do when you share the simple but powerful. It's a simple story. I once was blind, but now I see. Simple but powerful Share that quote you did in the first service about arguments. Uh, in that same sermon, Piper said, a personal testimony trumps bad arguments, and they're all bad arguments when they're against Jesus. A personal, a personal testimony. testimony trumps bad arguments, and they're all bad arguments when they're against Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you were listening to a Baptist preacher? You can't tell anybody in my church that. Okay. I'm a Presbyterian church. So you never know. So October 31st, you, you never know. If, if you just simply go to a family member or a friend and say, come and see. Just a winsome, persuasive, just come. This, there's an incredible communicator. He's a dynamic communicator. Would you just come listen to him? And when they get here, they will hear the powerful message of the gospel. And you just don't know what God might do. Just imagine. 
made me a Brian Boyer. Everything great on the outside, hurting on the inside. And now he's one of our strongest spiritual leaders downtown. Or Boyd Blanchard. He thought he was there. He heard a great song that made him feel good. But he'd never invited Christ into his heart. And to see how in just four and a half months, how God's putting him together to be the man God created him to be. You just never know. If you like Frank, just step up, speak out, and trust God to use it. Let's pray.